Welcome to LaGrave Avenue CRC's Sermon Podcast. In this sermon, we see the difference in how David and Saul seek direction. One turns to prayer, one turns to human guidance. You're listening to In Need of Direction by seminarian and pastoral associate Chad Borsma. Our scripture reading tonight comes from the book of 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 23, we'll read verses 1 through 14. If you are using the Pew Bible, you'll find it on page 453, 1 Samuel chapter 23. Beginning at verse 1, we read, When David was told, look, the Philistines are fighting against Kilah and are looting the threshing floors. He inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go and attack these Philistines? The Lord answered him, Go, attack the Philistines, and save Kilah. But David's men said to him, Here in Judah we are afraid. How much more, then, if we go to Kilah against the Philistine forces? Once again, David inquired of the Lord, And the Lord answered him, Go down to Kilah, for I am going to give the Philistines into your hands. So David and his men went to Kilah, fought the Philistines, and carried off their livestock. He inflicted heavy losses on the Philistines and saved the people of Kilah. Now Abiathar, son of Ahimelech, had brought the ephod down with him when he fled to David at Kilah. Saul was told that David had gone to Kilah, and he said, God has delivered him into my hands, for David has imprisoned himself by entering a town with gates and bars. And Saul called up all his forces for battle to go down to Kilah to besiege David and his men. When David learned that Saul was plotting against him, he said to Abiathar the priest, Bring the ephod. David said, Lord, God of Israel, your servant has heard definitely that Saul plans to come to Kilah and destroy the town on account of me. Will the citizens of Kilah surrender me to him? Will Saul come down as your servant has heard? Lord, God of Israel, tell your servant. And the Lord said, He will. Again, David asked, Will the citizens of Kilah surrender me and my men to Saul? And the Lord said, They will. So David and his men, about 600 in number, left Kilah and kept moving from place to place. When Saul was told that David had escaped from Kilah, he did not go there. David stayed in the wilderness strongholds and in the hills of the desert of Ziph. Day after day, Saul searched for him, but God did not give David into his hands. This is the word of the Lord. It was a beautiful fall day when a husband and wife decided to head north to their son and daughter's house for an afternoon birthday party for their grandson. Along the way, they see a row that heads off to the east a road that is covered by a canopy of trees, 
filled with brilliant reds, yellows, and oranges. Knowing that they're ahead of schedule and have some time to spare, they decide to take a short color tour to enjoy God's glorious creation. They drive, and they drive, and they drive. Eventually, the wife says to her husband, Honey, do you know where we are? We're going to be late for Parker's birthday party. Shouldn't we stop and ask for directions? No need, the husband says. I know exactly where we are. Many of us have heard situations like this. Perhaps some of us have experienced them. Are they, though, as common as they once were? In an age of smartphones and digital maps, do we get lost as often as we once did? We can rely on Google to get us there, right? I live in a condominium development that is built around a golf course. And up until recently, the entrance to the condominiums and the entrance to the golf course had the same street name on digital maps. From my living room window, especially on days when there were tournaments happening at the golf course filled with people who normally didn't golf there, I would watch people turn into the condominium entrance, drive slowly looking left and right, and then make a U-turn back out of the condominium entrance. Perhaps Google doesn't always get us there. David, in our passage tonight, is also a person in need of direction. He hears in the midst of fleeing from Saul about the situation in Kila, an Israelite border town. David, the Philistines are invading the city, he's told. They are attacking the people and looting the threshing floors. The people will be plunged into poverty at the loss of their grain. In addition, David has to deal with his forces, his men, who are afraid of fighting. Not just of any battle, but especially a battle that involves the Philistines, one of Israel's fiercest enemies. We have enough to be afraid of here in Judah, likely referring to Saul and his men who are pursuing them. It will be much worse if we go to Kila and attack the Philistine forces. Don't send us there. The trouble continues to mount. When Saul learns through his spy network that David has gone to Kila. Good, Saul exclaims in his delusional thoughts. I've got him now. God has handed him over for me, for he has trapped himself in a walled town. So Saul mobilizes his entire army. Bring all the troops into action, 
Saul commands. We will march into Kila and besiege David and his men. To make matters worse, the people at Kila, the very people that David wants to save from the Philistines, are willing to turn him over to Saul. In the midst of all these overwhelming problems, what is David to do? Overwhelming problems are what two men, Barry Elzinga and Cord van Klomfernberg, faced as well. The business pair decided to take a bit of a risk and purchase a restaurant together. Van Klomfernberg's father had been the owner of the restaurant for decades, and he decided to retire. Elzinga was a longtime employee. They bought the restaurant in early 2020, just before COVID began. Like most business owners, they did what they could to try to keep the business afloat. It was a test of faith, to be sure. This spring, though, they celebrated successfully navigating and surviving the pandemic. In fact, Elzinga and Van Klompenberg had enjoyed one of their most successful weeks ever this spring. They were optimistic and excited about the future. Until tragedy struck on April 12 of this year when community restaurant in Zealand caught fire overnight and was declared a total loss. In the midst of overwhelming circumstances, in the midst of fear of the unknown, what are they to do? That same fear and anxiety is what many in our denomination are facing today. Synod meets in just a few weeks, and the agenda is long and complex after two years of not meeting because of COVID. While there are certainly differing opinions on the value of synod, it is true that meeting together provides time from people from various parts of the denomination to gather together to worship to reflect, to deliberate, and to decide. All of this, as one of our own elders said to me, in a world that values independence and self-sufficiency. Not meeting in person for two years has eliminated those timely collaborative discussions, placed extra duties on the Council of Delegates, and provided a lengthy agenda before this year's Synod that includes a myriad of topics. How should the human sexuality report be handled? Opinions abound when you consider the various overtures that have been sent into Synod. How do we work as a bi-national nation, a bi-national denomination rather, with congregations both in Canada and the United States. Here, too, we find a wide variety of viewpoints. The CRC's leadership structure is being re-envisioned, 
Some leaders have been chosen, as Joel alluded to tonight. Other searches continue. In the midst of so many unknowns, so much apprehension, so many concerns, what are we to do? What direction should we take? Perhaps the things that weigh upon your heart tonight are not a devastating fire or even the CRC Synod. Maybe you're someone who is watching a spouse or a parent decline mentally or physically, and you're wondering what is the best way to keep them safe and to provide the care they need. Maybe you have a grandchild or some other relative who is wandering from the faith and who is sexually following a lifestyle that you know is contrary to God's word. You wrestle with how to still love her and also to help point her to Jesus. Or your heart may be hurting as you consider the Ukrainian people and the bloodshed, devastation, and injustice that has been inflicted upon them by the Russian forces. What are we to do in the midst of such challenging situations? In this passage from 1 Samuel, David knows what to do, and he does it without hesitation. In the midst of fleeing from Saul, in the midst really of trying to save his own life, David stops to defend a city that is under foreign aggression, an act of kindness and compassion to be sure. But before he takes physical action, he takes spiritual action. David prays. He inquires to the Lord And the Lord answers him. Pious man that he is, he will not do battle with them until he is led and assured by God. Apparently, the faith of his men is not quite as strong. Despite God's clear answer, they are still frightened by the battle that looms ahead. The sign of a great leader is evident in David, though, For instead of simply ordering them to follow his commands, David prays again for their benefits. And God responds more explicitly this time. You'll notice that in verse 4. And notice the difference. God says, go down to Kilah, for I am going to give the Philistines into your hands. For some versions, say instead, for I will help you conquer the Philistines. Knowing that God goes with them, David and his men obediently go to Kilah, save the city, and conquer the Philistines. David's problems, though, are not over yet, for he learns of Saul's plans to come with his forces and surround him at the city of Kilah. David's response, though, is similar. Seek God in prayer. 
This time he calls for Abiathar, the priest that he protected from Saul back in chapter 22. He tells him to bring the ephod, a priestly garment with a pouch that contains the Urim and Thummim, stones that were cast like dice to determine God's yes or no to a question. David prays to God, Will Saul come down to Kilah as your servant has heard? Lord God of Israel, tell your servants. God answers affirmatively. Will the citizens of Kilah surrender me and my men to Saul? Again, God's answer is yes. Hearing God's answer to prayer, David and his men leave Kilah, moving about and staying in wilderness strongholds and in the hills of the desert. Saul continues his search, but he comes up empty-handed. The escape does not mean, though, that David is faster or more clever than Saul. The escape is possible because God intervened. God does not give David into Saul's hands. When we consider this story, we see a clear juxtaposition between David and Saul and between divine guidance and human guidance. Saul looks to human sources to find David's location at Kilah. And while speaking and listening to others is helpful in our spiritual walk too, it's a problem when those sources are not attuned to God's voice. Saul's informational network avails him much, but David's intelligent services are far greater. For he has access to divine information through the power of prayer. He knows whom he should seek. He listens to God's voice and he submits to his leading. Something similar is happening for the owners of Community Restaurant in Zealand. Yes, work is ongoing to find a company to clear the lots, and they are seeking bids from construction companies as they try to determine whether a rebuild is possible. But in the midst of all that, prayers are being offered for them, especially by the Zealand community who has rallied around them. Wisdom is needed following something like a devastating fire, and seeking God is the place to find it. Wisdom is also needed for the Christian Reformed Church. We asked earlier, what can we do with so many unknowns, so much apprehension? We praise God that our denominational leaders have called us to a season of prayer. For God desires for us to seek him in the midst of our challenging times. Colin Watson, our denomination's executive director, reminded readers in the March issue of the banner that we serve a God who is more weighty than any agenda 
am of more consequence than our most consequential issue. To this, he wrote, we lift our prayers and we ask for wisdom. David's example in this story reassures us that God does not leave us without guidance. While we no longer have access to the Urim or the Thummim of the priestly ephod, and while we don't usually hear of God responding in an audible voice anymore today, we do have access to things that people in Bible times did not have. God's written word, the indwelling of his Holy Spirit, and access to the Father at any time through prayer because of what Jesus accomplished on the cross for us. Just as God was with David and his men, so Emmanuel, God with us, is with us in word and in spirit. May God empower us when we don't know what to do, when we are in need of direction to seek him in prayer, to listen to his voice, and to submit to what he would have us do. Amen. Thank you for listening to LaGrave Avenue CRC's Sermon Podcast.